thanks. That's all for today. Thanks, 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 that's all for today. Thank you, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Thanks, that's all for today. Hello and welcome back to episode three of Thanks That's All For Today, a podcast hosted by me, Harriet Mullen. Welcome back. I hope you've been loving season two so far and I can now officially reveal, it's like the X Factor results, I can now reveal that we have five more episodes to go, not including this one. How exciting. Many, many thanks to my last guest, Mr. Alex Patmore, for a fantastic episode. And speaking of fantastic episodes, are you ready for episode three? On today's episode, we have an incredible actor of stage and screen and theatre, writer and my childhood friend, Afsona Derrier. Watch me get so nervous in front of my friend who I've known since I was 13. Hello and welcome back to this next episode of Thanks That's All Today, a podcast about the good, the bad and the hilarious auditions with me, your host, Harriet Mullen. I carry that on for ages there. I never do that much of a long intro. You said that's all today, but your podcast title is That's All For Today. That's my first note. Wait, what? You said that's all today. (laughs) I just thought I'd rather tell you than you listen back and go, oh, shit. Why didn't you tell me? Okay, there's no honesty like your mum's honesty, but also there's no honesty like a friend you've known since you were 13. Again, but (laughs) better. And welcome to this next episode of Thanks, That's All for Today with me, your host, Harriet Mullen. And today we have a fantastic actor with us today. It's Afsana Daria. And she is a really, really, really old... (laughs) She's a really, really old woman. (laughs) She's a very, very dear old friend of mine. Doesn't mean she's old. I've just known her for 14 years plus, a very long time. So this intro is actually being re-recorded for about the 16th time because I want to do her justice, okay? She has studied and been a graduate from Goldsmiths University in London and also the International School of Screen Acting. She studied in New York and in London and graduated with a screening at BAFTA. That's impressive. That is impressive. When you do win your BAFTA, please give me a shout out. Yeah, thank you, hon. Um, So she has been uh, involved in a variety of projects, including the award-winning feature film, Freesia. She was also in season three of Fox 21st's Tyrant by the Homeland Creators and has co-written her own short film, Only Human, and starred in it as well and hired me to do costume. Thank you very much for that. You may have also seen her in Doctors as well as an upcoming short film for Film 4 called Digging. How did I do? Fantastic. I really tried there. I really focused. I thought, stop being excited, just focus. And you've also got another film coming out on BBC Films. Can you tell me about that? So it's for BBC Films. I don't know when, I have no idea when it will be out, but was lucky enough to actually work in the pandemic, which was great. 
once testing, you know, was available. So yeah, so it's a feature for BBC Films and um, Mark Rylance is playing the main character. So it's a biopic about a man called Maurice Flickcroft. Uh, who wanted to become a professional golfer and managed to get his way into the uh, uh, US Open. And, um, it's about his whole family, really. And, yeah, and obviously they picked you because you're so great at golf, aren't you, Han? I, I am known to be quite a golfer, yeah. In fact, that was my next credit for you. Impressive golfer. Well, absolutely. Yeah, very I've impressive. i on Spotlight actually yeah highly skilled that means for anyone who isn't on spotlight highly skilled uh so hi afsana or Af, as i call you it's so lovely to see you how have you been during this crazy crazy time i'd say up and down is the best way to put it like everyone i think it's crazy to think that we've been living with this situation for a whole year now I know. And it's really gonna. It's, I mean, it's gonna be a year since the first lockdown on Tuesday. Um, I think something I actually really enjoyed in the first lockdown. It, I kind of just thought, when as an actor do you ever get space to switch off that part of your brain that's mm. always thinking about the next thing, what audition they're focusing on? We've always got that. No matter where, whether we're in a job. We know what's next. We have no idea when the next thing is coming. There's always this part of your brain. And even in Christmas, when you know things have shut down for a week or so, Mm. there's that anticipation. And because we just had no idea how long the situation was going to go on for, I just went, I'm just going to enjoy the fact that I can live for a little bit with Mm. this part of my brain switched off. Definitely. Because if you're not thinking about what's coming next, you're thinking... Why am I not auditioning when I've just seen this brief on Spotlight I'd like to be in? So it was nice to just have, I agree with you, nothing. Like no pressure, just take some time off. Yeah, and just enjoy other ways to be creative. And like, you know, as it went on, I really missed being on set. And like, I started just kind of finding my own tapes to do with my housemate and stuff Mm -hmm. like that to just kind of keep creative. But I just, I didn't want to get sucked into the whole chaos of how do I use this time to like how you know set up a meeting with this casting director and what's going on a spotlight like I I just actually wanted to shut off from it yeah and I think it also really helped me connect back to why I love doing what we do so much and the craft of it rather than getting caught up with all the industry politics of it all yeah definitely Um, like I just missed the love of doing it so yeah it was it was nice you were great for me because you you branched out before the lockdown into EFT training hadn't you and so we had a session when I was desperately trying to learn the piano in the first lockdown one of those people that was like hang on what can I learn and I had such a good session with you it was amazing and so is that something that you ventured into because of the unpredictability of the industry or is it just something that came about because you'd experienced good things from it or had read about it or whatever or was it just literally to keep that mind active in periods of downtime and fun employment I like to call it. I definitely say that deciding to start training and being able to give EFT myself was something that came from the unpredictability of being an actor for sure. Um, In 2019, I just had 
the rockiest year with acting stuff and I was just in such a kind of such a down place with it and I went through a phase of kind of you know like in Friends when Chandler decides to quit his job and he's like just yeah. start like it was almost like make and like Monica makes him like portfolios like I went on a full-on thinking about so many careers and like looking at all these different masters mm. and the, the the challenge was always finding something that would work alongside it something that meant I could still keep my flexibility and mm. that's the hard thing like if that wasn't the case it would just be so much easier to try and pick like a second career but it was you know never it was just never been about wanting to stop acting so it's always about you know finding something flexible enough um and psychotherapy EFT it's a huge interest of mine that's grown so much um and that was another thing I actually in the second lockdown I did a certificate like at uni it ended up being on zoom so all my lectures and everything were on zoom in psychotherapy and I think that you know in a different world that's maybe like a path I follow but it's just not something you know you can't have clients and then suddenly next week like sorry babes I'm going to Barcelona for a job good luck with your mental health but you know yeah 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 you know it's not going to work but really nice to like the more I've kind of put myself into other interests and just explored other avenues and you know disconnected from just because I feel like so much of my identity for so many years has just been about being an actor the more kind of content I've been and actually I think the more my acting work has actually improved and Mm -hmm. you know the jobs that are coming in have been nicer actually. I speak about sliding door moments with my dad quite a lot and moments where I go if that hadn't have happened then this wouldn't have happened and I genuinely I genuinely think that sitting with you before the fame audition so a bit of background for anyone who isn't from Cheltenham um at the Cheltenham Playhouse is a company called Theatre Studio who I now work for and me and Afi grew up there Afi had been there since she was about five And I started when I was 13, 14. And they do a massive Easter school every year for the kids. Everyone's under 18. And it's a full scale show in a week with costumes, lights, on stage, ticketed audiences. You do about five performances in that week. And it is literally the highlight of the year. Like I used to count down the nights. I remember going to TGI Fridays the night before we started fame and thinking, this is the life. (laughs) I'm just... We definitely thought we were mini celebs, didn't we? We did. We totally did. We did. We did. And basically, I went to the auditions for fame at 13, 14. And I said to Afi, I, I'm just going to audition for Ensemble. And Afi was like, why? You're here all day on the Sunday. You might as well audition for a lead. And I was like, no. I, I was like, no, I'm not going to get a lead. And you were like, well, yeah, you probably won't, but you might as well audition. Like, you might get a few lines or something then. So Afi auditioned for if anyone knows the show, Serena Katz, who is one of the um, leading ladies. She's training to be an actor at the Fame School. And then I auditioned for Carmen, who sings Fame and is like this fiery, fabulous character. Uh, We both auditioned for those roles and ended up being offered the roles, but reversed. So I was offered Serena and Afi was offered Carmen. And 
I know it sounds silly because we I was like 14 and whatever and I'm like this sliding door moment but if if I hadn't have done fame there's no way I think I would be in the arts because I mean I would have I like to think I could do a bit of acting and singing and I like performing for my family but it was that week that really changed for me how I saw the the job itself and it was the rehearsals you know what it's like Kathy it was like nine in the morning till six at night like real life theatre training and I also just say whilst we were meant to be doing GCSE revision yeah I know I know I think I did (laughs) them every year including my A-levels and I was doing it for fun at the time obviously but it genuinely ignited something in me to 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 do this as my career so thank you Afsana for encouraging me to audition we had such a good week and we were so sad when it was over do you remember we went to accessorize and bought matching rings oh my god yeah (laughs) yeah that I think that like that moment for me was actually when I was in year six at school we did Oliver and I was bet it's not even that big (laughs) but like the like what I felt on stage Mm -hmm made me go I want to feel like this forever and I think it was my first kind of like you watch stuff so you know acting's a job some on some level but you don't really think oh that's actually a like a profession Mm. I could do and I think as soon as I realized it was I was like this is what I want to do and it just Mm. never like whatever else kind of came my way it's just been ended up being like my everlasting love I think but I remember like I think because I'd done Playhouse for so long and my mum put me in theatre studio because I was a really shy, introverted kid. But I think I secretly loved it. But like, I think you wouldn't have really been able to tell. I think I probably came across more, especially younger, as one of the kids that was there because their mums put them there kind of thing. Right. Um, And I think once it got to fame Mm. and we were finally at an age where like it was possible to get a bigger part, it was like, like getting that part felt like a validation that I think as a kid, like as a teenager, I was really, really craving. And once I got it and got, got to kind of live that lifestyle for a week, I know it's so ridiculous, isn't it? We're literally talking about like an Easter school musical, <laughs> but, but the, like what's so lovely about it, Harriet, is that really when you think about like, the feelings and why you loved it, how it felt, like the the collaboration pro- process, the creativity of it. It's everything we still feel now in our late twenties. Yeah. Why we're still doing it, which is so 100%. lovely to think about, actually. But yeah, and, and like, but I remember, like, I think it was so. It felt so painful when it ended because I remember feeling so overwhelmed by this, like, this thought of what if that's the only time I ever get to do this and no one will ever let me do it again? And I remember really feeling like that and feeling so upset. Well, I I remember as soon as it finished, I was like, right, summer school's coming up. And you were like, Harriet, we might not get the leads again. And I was like, no, 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 we are getting the leads again. (laughs) I wish I was that confident now. So let's uh, let's get into a game about audition styles. I'm going to ask you a series of would you rather, basically, and uh, then we'll have a little chat and then we'll play a couple more games. But uh, I would like to ask you, first of all, in this game, 
Do you prefer TV slash film auditions versus theatre auditions? Oh, if I had to pick, I'd say TV film, but ultimately it's really just depends on the script. Mm-hmm. I'd way rather be doing a script that I really, really believe in with a role that I absolutely love and I'm going, I want to do this and smash this. Uh, what's your major difference, would you say, between the theatre? Oh, theatre and TV, because I know you are primarily TV and film, but I do know off the record a couple of major musicals you've auditioned for, which are just incredible shows. Uh, what what would you say as a mainly TV and theatre actor? What is the difference between the audition processes? There's something about theatre, especially musical theatre, that feels for me personally more cutthroat. I think like when I see the, the, you know, the groups of people waiting to go into a musical theatre audition and how bluntly they kind of come out and they're like, you guys go (laughs) like, you know, Um, I just like my experience has been that TV film casting directors have been a bit softer. And in terms of preparation, like with a play script, I'll familiarise as much as possible, but kind of still have it in my hand and, um, never kind of I've always it's always they've always kind of just said familiarize yourself don't worry about learning it I never have Mm. Um, whereas with tv film I would never do that because you want to keep your eyes up you know and them to see what you're doing on camera definitely are there more rounds would you say for theater compared to tv or can you get that sort of job where you are in eight or nine rounds for a television role or is it quite a quick turnaround it's really unlikely there were, that there would be that many rounds. And right. it, like, I, I definitely think that because the industry is starting to move at a faster, faster pace and we're getting more streaming services and they're wanting to bring out content faster, which I think it's starting to, sh- it feels a little bit like things are getting too rushed now in terms of like quality, I think, um, which is a shame, but like I'm hearing, you know, people booking a huge role in a next Netflix job, but they've done, they've literally did one self tape. Yeah. Wow. But it's, and I, it like, it's amazing to know that that can happen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh yeah. What a good self tape that must've been. I know. Right. So uh, let's go back to the game. Cold read versus prepared. You've kind of just already answered that. Um, definitely prepared defo panel versus one-to-one one-to-one panel sounds so scary to me because it's not what I'm familiar with but I'd say my favorite is just being in a screencasting with lines that I've prepared come with some ideas and just me and the casting director getting to have a play that's my fave I would say lush okay oh go on oh I was just gonna say actually before that I would say chemistry read because it's just, I just have so much more fun working with another actor than, you know. So is that after you've done a first round, the chemistry read? So that would be like them picking like a couple of their favorites and putting them together just for anyone who doesn't know. Yes. So normally I'll have done a couple of rounds. Maybe sometimes they've just done one round and then picked and done a chemistry read it's normally for me been a situation where I, I don't really get seen for love interest. So I've not had like romantic chemistry reads to kind of see if you bounce off each other and look right as a couple or anything like that. But it's just been 
the kind of main named actor coming in to read with you and maybe reading with like three other actors. Have you ever had to read with anyone famous? Not like not crazy famous, like known people, but not like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, Leo in the 90s, though, I think I would prefer. Oh, definitely. You know me. If I meet somebody that's famous or yeah. I've seen them on TV or anything, I'm like, hello. It would be very, I'm very uncool. I'm in front of Jerry Hallowell and I'd say that's pretty good. <laughs> I'd say that's that's pretty impressive to sing in front of Jerry Halliwell and keep like more than keep it together. You were unbelievable. Thank you, Angel. It's probably because I'm short sighted. So I didn't know where she was in the hundred. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do you because obviously acting is your sort of main discipline. But if you had a dance or singing call in a, you know, for a a theatre production or TV, if they had that uh, like La La Land, you know, filmed musical. What uh, what would you prefer to do, a dance or singing call? Definitely singing, 100%. Handy pay. And I don't know if this is applicable to TV, but do you ever have to have a group audition? Because my next question is group audition versus solo. Solo audition. I've only ever had a group audition for TV once and it was because they were putting together a friendship group. Right. I remember thinking this feels like a musical theatre audition because everyone had self, you know, they'd done self-taping as the first round. I got called back and it was a TV show. I think they called me in for three different parts and every time I got close and then da da da. And then it just, it didn't work out. But the last time it was, it kind of got into smaller parts. They were putting together a friendship group And the kind of leader of the friendship group was a really lovely named actor who was one of the parts I'd originally been seen for. But I remember thinking this feels like I'm in like a X Factor putting a girl band together because Mm. it was literally like they were looking for three girls. There were nine of us in the morning. Three people would go in at once. We'd come out, sit down and the casting director would come out and go like call someone over and go, you can go home. Until at the end of the day, there was just four of us left and one person wasn't getting a part. We all went in and I was that one person. <laughs> oh, afs, no. And I, I think oh. I just like, I was so hopeful because like we'd been chatting all day and nobody else had kind of had this situation that I'd had where I kept getting called in. And obviously that gives you the confidence of yeah. like, they don't really like me. They're just kind of trying to find somewhere to put me but I understand like like this is the thing when when you first start out you don't realize this stuff so it's so much easier to take it personally but now visually you know as a whole it's an entire story and I can see how as a director you would have put the other three girls together in a group like I can I can see it and I can kind of go yeah I understand like I would have made the same choice you know but it's so hard the beginning when you don't know that you're just like oh, well, it wasn't good enough you know definitely definitely would you rather audition for a known series or a brand new original series mm, known cool yeah I would say known I think there's something so like exciting about an unknown in the possibilities like for like I know Amelia Clark said that when she like did the first season of Game of Thrones, even though it was HBO and it was, you know, based on these novels, she just didn't have a clue. And then suddenly it became the biggest show that there could possibly be Mm. for 10 years. Um, 
I think there's something so exciting about that. But the part of me that's got to this stage of just kind of wanting more sense of security mm-hmm. would love to have that guarantee of knowing it was a, you know, a show that was doing really well that was going to get you more exposure to then be able to get in rooms that you're maybe not getting in now. So I'm going to go with the safer option and say no. <laughs> Go for it. Season two of a known show. So that hasn't developed too. You're putting it out there. Netflix, if you can hear me, <laughs> I am available. Now, would you rather as well work for someone like Netflix or a like a smaller independent company that's putting together a, a short film or a series? What what would be the major difference, would you say, between working for that kind of like massive budget mm. compared to um maybe a crowdfunded indie project i would say that the difference is that um the higher the budget i think that the harder the production have to work to not lose sight of the story that they want to tell and the nuance mm. of it and not get lost in kind of having the budget to make it as big as possible and then losing the importance of connection mm. like connection to to an audience um and I think with I think indie it makes sense for it to be more the other way around but we don't see it like that because Hollywood just recycles what they know is going to make money right so we just see the same stories over and over again whereas independent cinema go what stories aren't being told mm-hmm. let's tell those stories um and then they tend to come from somebody who is really passionate and connected to that story and when you you're telling something that you really believe in I think an audience connect to it whereas Hollywood is more kind of can just be about making the dollar bills and do you find that you being a you know writing your own stuff and being a writer yourself which I didn't actually meant I didn't touch on in your credits but being a writer um how do you feel about performing your material versus somebody else's do you think you could ever be as connected to a character that you haven't written for or do you sometimes read somebody's you know character and think oh my god you wrote that like it was written for me yes my favorite is actually something else that someone's written that it almost feels like they've brought something to life that I've been searching for and not been able to quite say myself. Right. Um, those scripts that come through and they're, and they're precious and far and few, but I'd say that's my favorite. Um, I think writing, I, I like, I, I actually, I write less and less, but I think, I went through a stage of it feeling just like when I was acting, I was acting. And when I wasn't acting, I just wanted to be delving in other things that felt completely separate to my industry. That's Mm -hmm. what I was really craving. If I went back to writing, I don't feel so focused on wanting to be in it, I think necessarily. Mm -hmm. Although we're seeing more and more of kind of an era, which is amazing and so exciting um, of like, you know flea bag and women yeah. kind of putting their own stuff and starting with one woman shows and and them going to incredible you know BAFTA winning places now which is amazing so yeah it's tricky because I I believe so much and I'm so in awe of actors that take a situation into their own hands and go the material's not here I'm going to write it myself but I just I feel yeah I just feel like for me right now 
it feels like it needs to be separate. I, I think yeah. I like something I could work on maybe for myself is not feeling so attached to it. And so that would then help me. So like not feeling attached to not being able to see it as an entire story and serving the story as best I can, rather than what is everything I want to put in a part that I haven't done before that I want to be able to invent and do and show people I can do, you know? With the theatre that you have done, what would you say has been your your favourite thing that you do in theatre that you can't do in TV and film? My favourite thing is... It's making me feel a bit thing is looking at an audience and being able to look at them and feel that kind of connection with mm-hmm. them instantly like seeing them moved seeing someone crying as you're you're there and you're talking to them um I mean that's not something you get I also think I don't know if it's something to do with my material, but like I've been in screenings where I've then spoken to audience members afterwards and had the most amazing conversations with people that have resonated with it. Um, but there, there's nothing like getting off stage from a piece of theatre that you really believe in and someone you can see has just been crying their eyes out and feels yeah. understood in a way that they've just not seen on stage before, for example, and giving you a hug and just feeling so understood. Definitely. When I've been at a screening and we've just watched something that I've been in, and then for example, like I can think of a time, then I've queued up to use the toilet afterwards. And there's a queue of people, and people have this moment where they turn around and they're like, you're, you're, the, you're the, the girl from the, from the film. It, it's like, I think they they're still trying to process that in a different way to when they've just seen they've already seen you physically. Yeah, yeah, they've like seen you by your soul in in the same room, but then they've seen you on a screen do it, and they're like, "That is more disconnect. It's more of a disconnect, isn't there?" Yeah, totally. Maybe it does, um, like in that way, offer more of an like an attachment. I've never thought about it like that before. It's interesting. Um, do you prefer to audition for comedy or serious roles? I'm loving comedy at the moment. So I'm going to go with comedy. I'm loving comedy at the moment. I'm hoping like I'm getting more comedy now, which is so nice. Like it just feels like a breath of fresh air compared to um, the castings that I would get when I first started auditioning. And I think like as it goes, as I start to get more drama, I think I'm getting pickier about the drama that I get because I'm being more conscious of saying no to the stereotypes and the dramas for Mm -hmm. me are normally the stereotypes for like post 9-11 brown actor stories and I'm just so over it and it's not going to change unless we start saying no. And are you finding that that things are changing? I do. I think it's changing more and more, like for sure. Like there's castings I'm getting now that there's just no way I would have got. And like the lovely thing about the couple of jobs that I got at the end of last year was that it just felt like I'm finally in a place where I can, like I'm working in jobs where the name isn't specified, you know, like I, you know, like the last character I played, her name was Josie. And, and I remember a time where I used to say about five years ago when I just felt so frustrated and I used to say, I just don't, I just want to get to a stage where I can just play a girl called Katie and it's not 
you know, it doesn't matter. Mm. And I think we're finally getting there. Um, like I got a casting, I did a self tape last weekend. And I remember when I got the, when I got the sides through and the information through from my agent, I actually felt so emotional when I got it because it was a period piece, like a Regency drama and mm. it's, it's not Bridgerton, but I, like, I think Bridgerton is going to change things, which is really exciting. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but um, like, I just remember thinking like, this is insane. Like this was, this never even felt like an option for me. Like when I was training, you had like the English roses that would get told, you know, you should be going for Downton Abbey. And, and then with me, it was like, you know, you'll do like, I remember one of my teachers um, used to say to me, if you're happy to play a terrorist, you'll do really well. What the hell? Yeah. And what's, but the, but the thing that makes that more and actually more annoying is that I then in Tyrant, my character gets radicalized and she joins yeah. the conflict and she becomes a suicide bomber. But then it became a situation where apparently he was then saying to the following year group that I hear, would hear from them, oh, I said to Afsona, da, 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 and look, now she's doing really well. And it was so frustrating that it became something that was kind of oh, just, no. you know? And actually I didn't, I hadn't, didn't have a clue that my arc line was going that way when, when I took the job. And that doesn't, that doesn't really matter in the sense that at that time, I still think I would have taken the job. Mm -hmm. And I think that that says a lot for the fact we weren't being shown that there were any, there were any other options. Mm -hmm. Like, so yeah, so I, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I think that it is changing. Um, I think we're finally getting the permission to be listened to. I think we've been having these conversations for such a long time in our circles and we're finally being heard and paid attention to. And it almost feels like a permission to be a, be it, like it shouldn't be the case, but it does feel like permission to be angrier. But I think in that space um, coming forward now, it feels like, like now we've got to say no, like this is our time to kind of, you know, say mm. to those jobs and yeah, just be, be, uh, be more aware of it. So I would like to play another game with you. This is called Rituals and it's all about things that you do before and after. Uh, so I've got to ask you, first of all, do you have any superstitions before or after an audition? This is for anything, TV, film, theatre. Do I have any superstitions? No, I, I wouldn't generally say I'm a superstitious person. No, I don't um, think you are. no. no shit question from me seeing as I've known you for so long and yeah, I know it was, it was more me going uh, there's yeah maybe I'm, I'm a bit boring here right my answer is no no but when we were younger we did say that singing in the stairwell of the theatre brought us luck so I think we used to do that a couple of times like every year we'd go and stand yeah. there and sing I still think of you when I go up that staircase I still think this is where uh, Afi you still go up it all the time whereas if I went in that building now I'd be like oh my god it's amazing that you're there teaching <laughs> I do love it it's got so so many lovely memories there are you um, an overthinker after an audition or are you a forget about it 
My completely honest answer is that it totally depends how my mental health is. <laughs> good, yeah, good answer. Um, so if I'm in a, like, like I can actually think of like this already, the last three months being a good example of this actually, because at the beginning of this third lockdown, mm-hmm. um, I was at home living at my mum's and I was self-taping in my mum's bedroom with a friend on FaceTime, not being able to have them in my line, having them in the corner. It was a new year. Lockdown felt very kind of muffled and I felt just so creatively flat and I was doubting myself so much in between the takes, so in my head. And I found that when I'd finish, I got into like a plate, like I would just think about it too much, too much. And like, I had too much space to be thinking about the jobs and, and that kind of thing. And you kind of, you kind of have to give yourself a break sometimes and just allow yourself to be human, you know? Um, so yeah, I'd say I go back and forth. Whereas like right now I feel in a much better place of going on to the next one, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Very healthy way to think about it. There is a um, ritual, actually, I just thought of if I've had a actually any a tape or in the room, um, I will rip up the, um, the the sides and say something kind of affirming to myself about letting it go. And then I will put it in a recycling bin out of my house. So it is gone. And it just helps me completely forget about it and detach from it. Oh my God, there's you being like, I don't have any <laughs> rituals or superstitions. That is a brilliant one that I'm actually going to steal. Go for it. It really does help because you're physically doing something. Oh to my God, that's... From it. Do you know what as well? I was thinking if you did do a tape, you could just delete it afterwards. You know, the same kind of thing. And Yeah, and I know people that do, yeah. But I mean, I still have like... I used to do that and now I like I have my Dropbox where all my tapes are which is where how I send them to my agent and they're all there and like maybe once a year I'll go through them and go what could I have done differently now I've kind of progressed and like it kind of just helps me see sometimes if I feel like I'm in a I'm stuck or I'm in a lull okay mm. this is how I can see I've improved or like and sometimes it's really comforting because you'll watch something and go, do you know what? There was nothing more like I could have yeah. done. I just didn't get it because someone else didn't. It's quite like sometimes it helps with confidence. And then in other ways, it just feels like you can give yourself some constructive time to kind of learn. Oh, I'm writing all this down. Good advice. <laughs> she's uh, she's on it with the advice today. Do you call anyone after or beforehand? Um, definitely not before. I definitely like to have just like quiet space before mm-hmm. and maybe put on a piece of music that feels like it's connected to the character or the piece that I'm going in for. Um, or I'll listen to like um, podcasts that feel like that makes me feel more confident about what I'm doing maybe. And then afterwards I will maybe call I'd say if I call anyone, it's my friend Rosa. Rosa, who called you earlier? Yeah. <laughs> Hiya, Rosa. Call me on. How do you? Um, no, no, it's not the question. Uh, are you secretive about your auditions, or are you a tell-all? Um, I would say I don't make an effort to keep it a secret, but I definitely don't like telling people. So. 
a housemate or two might know because they might have run lines with me. Mm -hmm. I mean, a housemate or, or whoever did a tape with me will definitely know. And then like, if I get a recall, I'll definitely say like, thanks so much for helping me. I got I, I got a recall or that kind of thing. But I don't, and I family, I definitely don't tell. No, okay. They Just get so excited. Yeah, yeah. Because that moment where I have to tell them it didn't go that way is just, it breaks my heart. Oh, <laughs> so I'd just rather be able to give them good news when it comes. Mm -hmm. And otherwise they have no idea what's going on, basically. I love your family. Or oh, your mum. I can imagine telling your mum that like you didn't get something. She would be like, oh, Afsana, she'd be so <laughs> sad. So yeah, let's let's save it. Let's not tell you, mama. Uh, are you an early bird or are you cutting it fine? Definitely early bird because I would just get way too flustered. I'd def I prefer to just like know I'm in the area half an hour before and walk around with some music in or something. Mm -hmm. Um, or and I always like to go to be able to know I got time to go and go to the toilet before. Yeah, um, and make sure like especially in the summer when you've been on the tube and you're just like the sweat everywhere you just want that time to kind of and I might do look I said I didn't have rituals but there definitely are things I guess I was thinking more about them being superstitious yeah I, I should have said super I should have said rituals. but like I'll I might like I got this from a friend actually. I have a friend that, I, I mean, I think this is amazing. I don't do it to this extent, but I think it's incredible that she does, but she'll go to the bathroom before an audition, like get into the cubicle and then she'll just like cheer like she's already got the job. Yeah. Oh my God, that's so amazing. Do something like say some kind of words of affirmation to give myself confidence and just feel grounded and calm down. And then maybe do some like power poses um Amazing. if I'm feeling in a place of like self-doubt I'll definitely do EFT 100% Amazing I am literally <laughs> going to be doing all of this in 2021 I'm going to be texting you like I've just cheered myself in the cubicle um I've just googled EFT just to see if I can try and attempt it on myself yeah. um and I have just ripped up my script so for myself too Amazing Hello everybody, it's me, Editing Harriet. I haven't made an appearance for a while, but it's me, I'm back. Just because I had to just insert a clip here and say, we interrupt this podcast with an announcement from our creator. Do people say that? I think people say sponsors, but I'm not there yet, but maybe one day somebody sponsor me. Anyway, what I was going to say was, I actually tried this tip slash trick before an audition, my first audition back after a year, and it really helped me. So thanks, Afia and her friend. Anyway, now back to the podcast. Me um, and my housemate went through a phase of doing that script bin thing, but we would actually play Thank You Next in our ears as well at the same time. Oh, that's so good. You know, I love that song. Oh, that's amazing. Amazing. So what is your, or do you have a go-to monologue or is it always something different in your audition situations? I should like it would probably be good for me to have a couple of kind of monologues in a portfolio that that are like go to's for me. I think I've got to a stage where I should really do that with songs as well, but I don't have any and it's just because I don't remember the last time I got asked to do a monologue. No, <laughs> I never no. asked to to do a monologue, so it's never something I um think about, but I should definitely have some songs in the bank. Trying to choose a song for an audition. Oh my God. It's so stressful. I'd rather be sent material. I think that's what's quite nice about film and TV auditions is that 
they send you the material and then you know you haven't because that's part of the problem is knowing that you might have prepared the wrong type of song so with theatre and um, with plays sorry or uh, television and film you know that when they've sent you the material they want to see that material um, do you do you wear anything character based when you go to an audition or do you just go blank canvas or do you go afsona? Um, I'll definitely give a nod. Like I give a nod to the character, I would say. And I, you know, I'll of course think of things like if it was Marvel, I know that they like, you know, athletics is going to be taken into consideration. So I'll think about wearing like a strappy top. Like I'm not going to go in with a baggy jumper, for example. Right. So yeah, just little things like that. But the I think the main thing over giving a nod to the character for me is just like something that feels flattering that I feel confident in because that's like, that's the main thing that's going to affect what you're doing in the room. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me anyway. Fabulous, darling. Okay, amazing. You've passed with flying colours. Uh, I've got to ask you, Afi, we've got to the point of the exercise, I was going to say, got to the point where we're going to do some exercise, got to the point of the podcast, I need to start that again. So we've got to the uh, part of the podcast, I can't speak, so we've We've got got to the, (laughs) can you say it for me? We've got to the part of the podcast. We've got to the part of the podcast. Thanks, Af. Where we're going to talk about audition stories. Now, do you have any standout stories that you can tell me about? The good, the bad, the hilarious, the shocking, the surprising? Have you got anything you could talk to us about? Yeah, I've probably got a bit of all all of them up my sleeve. The only thing I think, like, it would just be, like, for anecdote's sake, I don't have many, like, funny ones. That's okay. That's a good thing. (laughs) like really positive experiences or negative experiences I once had an audition where um the director already knew me and I'd actually already worked with the director before and I sat down to start my take and he said you've put on weight <gasps> yeah and obviously I was so in my head and oh felt my like complete God. crap like when we did it and she was meant to be quite a confident person. And I just did not feel, I felt so self I mean, literally put the camera on me and then looked into the camera and like looked at the frame and went, <gasps> you've got away. First of all, that is so bloody rude. Oh my God. And second of all, just before an audition as well. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I think, um, I, like I'd say I had a really bad experience with men when I came in to work like into this industry professionally like really yeah like agent like I can think of a couple of directors like so there was him um there was another one I'm going to be as vague as I can in like what the job was but Mm -hmm. um I had a job where the director was really controlling about my weight and what I was eating and would try to like make sure I had salad for lunch when everyone else had you know whatever they wanted um seriously yeah 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 yeah. like oh my god yeah it was just yeah it was messy and on so many different different levels but um that's that's awful and actually that film went to a film festival and you know like by then I'd had a year of space from him and I think in being able to process I'd learn like 
that whole filming experience, I'd realized how controlling of a human being he was. Mm. And I'd learned so much about like, what kind of directors I want to work with and why I do this job. Like, like I don't really want to be directed like that again, if possible. I don't really want to, because we're not puppets. And no. so I don't think that directing and making a piece of film or theater is about going on this line, move the cup here. And then when you say this, turn your head here. And it was just technical to mm. that point so that he could be kind of in control as much but as it's possible. it's also an abuse of power. Exactly. Any personal comments should not should not come into it. Anything about the way you look or your personal life or your you know your weight or your health or anything. Yeah. Oh my god, that it's just awful. It's awful. Exactly. In in other news, have you got any positive ones that you can think of? Um, I think the positivity for me, like it just comes from the ones where you go out and you, I'd say like my favorite thing is coming out and going, I did everything I could do. It's just the nicest feeling. Mm. And it's so much easier to let go of it and just go, if I get it amazing, if not, I trust that like whatever is going to come instead, you know, that kind of thing. I actually think like my tyrant audition is probably still one of my favorites just because I had so much trauma going on in my personal life when I got it that I got that casting and it was so last minute like I got it at 5 p.m the night before and I was in at 10 a.m the next day it was so quick I remember and it meant I didn't really have time to kind of think about what it might mean if I got it I just all I could do was kind of prepare but I just channeled like it was one of those ones where everything that was going on with you you could channel in into the piece the hardest thing is when you're in a completely you're in a space that's so different to to the material to the point where it's just not quite clicking and you like there's only so much you can fake it and it's Mm. not quite the same when you do and that's so tricky and I think that's something I'm still kind of working on balancing because I just like I believe so much in kind of like the whole toxic positivity thing like Mm. I think it's Coming more and more dangerous and I think it like it's such a huge thing in the acting world I think because we're told you know forget about it when it's finished and you know don't put like negative thoughts out there and all this stuff but then what are we suppressing and that gets more and more dangerous so it's like balancing feeling whatever comes up and if that's totally the opposite to the material going into how do you kind of shift it so yeah, that's something I feel like there's 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 just something in that that I'm still like that that that's like my thing right now that I'm kind of exploring and learning more about, I'd say. So Ash, I want to talk to you before we do a final game just about your training and how things have changed for you now. What do you think is the biggest difference between, you know, auditioning back then, only two years ago, um, to auditioning now? What's the biggest difference? Um, I would say, I mean, the biggest difference from my experiences is is the material that I'm getting, that it's less and less stereotyped again. I would say I'm someone that, like, for for what we do, or started auditioning quite late just because when I was in sixth form, I 
I think like I didn't really believe in myself like I didn't believe in myself that I could do this as a job and I think I was probably a teenager that really needed like one cheerleader that said to them Mm -hmm. you know you can do this and I just didn't have that at the time and I didn't have the capacity to give it to myself so I actually ended up going to uni quite last minute because and like Goldsmiths was only on there with another uni because of other drama school kind of that were on UCAS but what I actually did was print out a load of application forms for drama schools fill them out and put them in the bin I never went and I never did it never knew that yeah my fear of failure was so huge and it felt like if I had been given no's I wouldn't have been able to see it as right it's just a really hard thing to to kind of crack into especially as an 18 year old and I'll try again it would have just been been complete validation of no you're right you can't you can't do this and we are more that don't believe that you should be doing this and that's how I ended up going to uni I mean thank god I put goldsmiths and I don't like I don't regret the path that I ended up going on but that's how it that's how it started bloody Um, hell I had no idea I I just thought you know oh Afi's gonna go off and do drama I'm gonna go to drama school I mean it didn't end up going but I just I had no idea I honestly thought Afi's gone to London she's gonna do three years at Goldsmiths and you know then you went on to study and you know go to New York and I would never have known that you'd ripped up application forms yeah yeah I didn't try and I didn't send anything wow and you still became an actor Afs I know because I think I, I always knew inside of me that it was what I was meant to be doing. I didn't have the confidence to vocalize that to anybody else. I remember um, being sat in a parents evening and this was GCSE. So it was like year 11, about to go into A-levels. And um, my drama teacher, who was a really lovely, lovely, lovely man, nothing bad to say about him and totally understand that like, it was just coming from a place of love of trying to warn me of the reality of how difficult it really can be. But I remember him saying to me, you know, all this stuff felt that felt like he was trying to put me off and maybe as a test, but all this stuff about how brutal it really is and, you know, percentages and all that kind of thing. And then he said, if it's something that you really, really want to like drama school, something you really, really want to try, then I, you know, tell me and like, I'll do everything that I can to help you. And I just didn't have the confidence to say back. Yeah, it is. I needed someone to tell me, mm-hmm. I believe you can do this, which isn't about anyone else. It's about how I felt in myself, obviously. And then not because of that, but I just ended up moving sixth form for other reasons and I was really excited to move to that school for the drama department too and loved my drama teachers there as well but it was like the same thing in year 13 where like I had a like one of my drama teachers like an amazing woman but just so kind of like really wanted to test and like be honest about how hard it was and like I just totally took it as she just doesn't think that I that I can do it and I just yeah and I and I didn't have like like my home wasn't like a supportive yeah like we you know do this it was like why do you want to do this and not be a doctor like typical Middle Eastern you know um which I totally again understand it's because they love you and they want you to have security and a comfortable life it's all from a place of love Mm. Um, but as a teenager you're just like why doesn't anyone want me to do what I love and I don't, I don't think that I had the 
like the skin to have dealt with that audition process at, at that age. I don't think I was just, I was still such a shy kid. I probably then when I was in the material, that's when a different side kind of came out of me. But I, I think the interview kind of process would have shattered me. I mean, even so when I was in third year of uni, I did a couple of drama school auditions for screen acting masters. So I did drama at uni, all kind of different aspects of theatre performance, behind the scenes, um, lots of theory um, based work, too. And it's funny because I got there and there were so many students that said oh I tried for drama school and didn't get in so I thought I'll do a degree and then I'll try again when we finish and honestly by the end of the first term it was like everyone the, like everyone had pretty pretty much changed their mind and there was like an atmosphere that I felt in my year group of there's so much more out there and why would you want to be a puppet and you know when we could direct our own work and mm. make our, like this feeling of wanting to change the world which is you know a beautiful feeling and was it's such a lovely liberal um uni but it, it made me go even more like I'm not going to tell anyone that I still really really want to be an actor <laughs> and that went on for my whole all my three years and actually what I found like it was a great test in every time there was an opportunity to pick acting to pick performance I always picked it ultimately mm. And then when I was in third year, I did those castings. And I think what I kind of look back and can see from it is that I'd learned, I learned so much about myself at uni, but I hadn't found my voice as an actor. And I, I remember being asked things like, what do you think you could be in? What can you see yourself doing? And I didn't really know. Mm. I was kind of just going, um, drama, comedy, like... Um, but if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have ended up going to New York and doing a summer of screen acting there. And that led me to go, I actually want to explore the film world more and mm. maybe find a course that feels more collaborative and learn more about camera work and screenwriting and stuff. And that's how I found the course that I then went on to do. So it's amazing that you started in, you know, going to theatre school for confidence building, ending up loving theatre then going to, not going to drama school, but going to a university and studying all aspects of drama, finding that you really did love the performance, leading you on to going to New York and realizing film was the performance yeah. side of things that you really loved. And then your career from there, you've been, you know, like I mentioned earlier, feature films, short films, uh, television series, you know, a whole series or one parter, or, you know, you've done theater. It's just amazing that it's, led from from that shy child has led all the way up to you know a career in theatre and tv and film and even less than 10 years ago you were ripping up drama school audition yeah, forms it's yeah. just amazing So before we go, I would like to play Have You Ever. Your uh, Never Have I Ever round, I'm going to give you about four or five questions. So never have I ever had to learn a new accent for a self-tape or audition. I have. What have you had to learn? Um, Irish, Lake District. What is a Lake District accent? It's like, it's it's kind of uh, Cumbrian. It's like, wow. yeah. 
Um, I've had more northern ones recently, which has been really nice because I've learned more about the differences rather than just general northern. Yeah. <laughs> but I'd say the, the one that caused the most panic for me was Irish. I normally like I'll pick one female as inspiration to listen to and listen to. And I'll maybe have an accent session if I feel like I need it. I've got like I've got a couple of people. Oh, amazing. I'll email if I need to. Um, have you ever sacrificed anything to be at an audition? Um, <laughs> I, I like I must have. I mean, I, I definitely just things like, you know, it's just small things like a, a date that you've dedicated to being with a partner that you've not been able to spend quality time with and then that tape coming in and it all kind of but I've I've not had the situation yet of having I've missed a um a hen a hen party for and actually it wasn't an it was for a film festival not not an audition just because we miss so much yeah. don't we we so much definitely and what a like for someone that doesn't work in this industry when you're like their one friend that's a performer what a crazy thing to to bring your head around to the idea that your friend might just go sorry I'm going on tour I can't come to your wedding I know work is few and far between and it always happens like I remember I had a major my dream audition was on the same day as another audition it's always it's always happens at the same time um have you um have you ever been late for an audition no she's on it she's an early bird I was once late for an agency audition, actually. It was very flustering, very flustering. I was just on the train, like, trying to calm down. And it meant that I missed the stop. And the second, this this was the tube. And the second one I needed to get was, like, a train where if you miss the first one, the next one's coming in half an hour. Mm. Um, And then it got delayed. So I was, like, I was so late. I was, like, an hour late. And it meant, like, they just kept going and saw the next person. But... I just went in so flustered. It's horrible. It's, I think that's one of my worst feelings ever. Um, have you have you ever, my final question for this section, um, have you ever gone into an audition like, I am so wrong for this part, but I'm just going to audition anyway? Or are you at a point where you're like, no, I am. I only audition for things that I can see myself in. Um, if it's like, I'll, I'll take... Um, I still like to put myself in positions that make me feel kind of uncomfortable or new. Mm -hmm. So for example, I got a musical theater audition that I was just like, there's no way I'm gonna get this job. But it was such a amazing experience to Mm. be able to go through that process that I still 100% took it and wanted to do it. Uh, It's more like, uh, I, I think like saying, it's not it's like it now it's not about not feeling not being right or being right for me it's more because also sometimes that can surprise you and you don't know whether they there's a change they're wanting to make that means you could suddenly be right for it Mm -hmm. you know so a lot of the time I mean who are we to say that we're not right for it but um I've lost my train of thought now I think it's it's now become more about like knowing my worth and Mm -hmm. say not going for things that I feel more like 
you're just asking me to be a naked glorified extra basically yeah like I remember you messaging me once because I was at pineapple auditioning for Paris Disney parade characters and like I'm so wrong for that like so wrong and it just ruined my day well ruined my week probably back then because I was quite dramatic as a teen I still am but but I was so wrong for it and then I just felt like not capable of doing my you know what I love to do so I think it's really important to go for things that you're like know your worth and go for things that you know are right for you and before we go can you describe to me it may have happened or it may not a perfect audition setup scripts already sent to me if it's you know tv or film they've sent me the film they've sent me the script or they've sent me the episodes and I've I get to go in and like this happens so rarely. Like I remember I did an audition just before the pandemic and it was a first audition and I was in there for 45 minutes, which for, for TV is like, doesn't ha- like, like doesn't really happen. But it was such a lovely experience because it just like, I got to play with her. Like we were just playing. And that's my favorite because you feel less like a product and they're trying to find the one to sell. It feels collaborative. You feel respected. You're being asked for your opinion and your collaborative process and your ideas. And yeah, that, that, that's my favorite kind of audition. Amazing. So do you have any advice before you go, Afsana, about, you've given us loads. I'm taking all your rituals. Go for it. Uh, do you have any advice before we go that you can pass on to the listeners? Um, something I've been thinking about a lot over the last couple of years that's really helped my kind of mental space with, with being a professional actor is that we have so little control as actors and sometimes it like that can feel really stabilizing um and I've kind of just been you know reframing that as reminding myself and reaffirming actually how I have control so I am allowed to say no to things for example sometimes it can feel like you're just so powerless that you you can get a script through and you're finding how to kind of be great at it and how to get the job rather than like you know, it's a two-way street and know your worth. So when you're getting a script through, I'm really looking at the project and going, is this something I believe in? Is this something I want to put my faith to? It's not just about how much I can get them to want me, you know? Mm. Um, And I think in a way this can kind of sound perhaps negative, but it doesn't like, for me, it feels really actually quite liberating, but I think so many stars have to, like, this is how I always think about it. So many stars have to align for you to finally get that offer. And when you think about how many steps, how many stars there are, and like the bigger the part is, the more there are like of these little steps that you don't even know about. So many Mm. people have to say yes for it to finally get to you. And the only ones that we, like all we can do is let go of the ones that have nothing to do with us. It's not our problem. And just focus on the ones that we can control. And I think that's really just helped me kind of claim my power back. I like to think of it more like a game now. It's like Mm -hmm. a game because 
sometimes it just feels so ridiculous. It feels so crazy that we're, you know, we give up so much, we sacrifice so much to do this. Um, and it's like, I like to think of it like a game and I'm choosing to play the game and I'm in control of the remote control. Amen, sister. <laughs> oh, I love that. The sun is shining on her face, by the way. And she's just looking like this goddess with all the knowledge and advice. I love that. That is so true because you're so right. We just think it's just one decision. Do I get the part or not? But you're right. There are so many external factors that we don't have any control over. And that is so true. And have nothing to do with your talent. Absolutely nothing. They have nothing to do with your talent. They have nothing to do with how hard you work, which is why it's such a, you know, it can be such a frustrating profession because you don't kind of, you do a master's and then you get an entry level job and then you, you work your way up to senior. It's like so frantic and unpredictable. It's not something where you can see any kind of linear path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No fast track is there. There's no, no. But I'd say a big, big one of those stars is luck, place and time. And that's when it can randomly, you know, get you get these stories of it being, it feels like someone skipped a thousand steps to suddenly land this huge thing. But there's just nothing, you know, that's not something you can control. So you just got to do you and remember why you love it. So true. So true. Afi, thank you so much for your time today. It's been so lovely chatting to you. I've learned things about you that I had no idea about. And I thought out of all my guests, I'm going to know all of Afi's answers because we've known each other for so long. But thank you so much for your time. Please, could you just do the outro for me just to sign us off and just say for me, thanks. That's all for today. Even though you already say it in the intro, lovely, you know, I've added you in there. Thanks. That's all for today. We'll Thanks. let you know either way tomorrow. No, we won't. We'll <laughs> <laughs> You'll definitely hear back either way.